This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers, and I want to welcome you today to the Modern Homemakers podcast. It's been about 17 years ago now that the staff of the Ministry of Modern Homemakers, which began about 35 years ago with the determination to do four things, encourage women as wives, women of faith, mothers, and homemakers. And I'm very proud to tell you that's what we've been doing. We've been doing it in various ways, so many that I cannot keep track of them all, but we continue to encourage women in these four main areas of who they are. When the staff said we should do podcasting, I quickly said, yes, what is podcasting? That's kind of a funny question right now in the 21st century when everyone is podcasting. We continue to podcast. We hope that you will send us a letter or a note and tell us if it's helping you. Suggest to us topics that you are in need of. Uh, whatever. We're open to hearing from you. If you do send us a note, uh, you, might, you might consider subscribing. It helps us with our metrics. Abraham Lincoln, in his first inaugural address, said these words, We are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic cords of memory, searching from every battlefield and patriot grave to every living heart and hearthstone all over this broad land, will yet swell the chorus of the Union when again touched, as surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. Mm. This was a time of civil war. This was a time of civil war. And we come to this passage of, in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is telling us that we are to love our neighbors Love our neighbors as ourselves. Um, we're looking today at Matthew chapter 5, and uh, the verses are 40, verses 43 through 48. And I'm going to read to you today from the message, which was edited and notes written by Eugene Peterson. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than the others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? 
Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Wow. Wow. I memorized that years ago in the King James Version. Pray, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use and persecute you. Never forgotten that phrase. Love your enemies and pray for those who despitefully use and persecute you. In January of 2017, there was a report voice that the fact was that one in six Americans had stopped talking to one or more family member over the 2016 election. Oh, we are 2021, and that those uh, familia rifts are still deeply embedded in our culture. Uh, it was added to during the last election. There's at least a verbal riff. On several occasions, we have seen physical rifts in our country over ideologies, and certainly that brings sadness. Arthur Roberts, who wrote a book called Love Your Enemies, which I enjoyed very much, describes contempt, the signs of contempt, and that it is this contempt that we have for someone when we are unable to love or pray for them. Sarcasm? Sarcasm. I know that the culture that is huh, 35 years and younger, they were like nursed on sarcasm. It was funny. The TV shows all did it. It was witty. Sneering looks. Hostile humor. The proverb tells us that it, it calls kidding on the square. You want to say it, but you can't say it straight out. Having just finished this series on anger, and when we're very clearly told that what we value, what matters, when we feel anger, the best way is to communicate it in ways that are not hateful or revengeful. We can't say it anymore outright. We do these other things, sneering, sarcasm, eye-rolling, verbal and body language gestures, effectively say you're worthless. The commonness of giving someone the finger, which is simply, it just still makes me shudder when I see a little child giving someone the finger as if they even understood what it meant. But they know that that is a sign of contempt. Well, Jesus has come and he has told us that we are his own and that our worth is in him. But when everywhere we go, someone is showing us contempt, perhaps just knowing that our worth is in him would be helpful to us. The author of this fine book says we are not called to civility or tolerance. These standards are too low. God calls us to something more. He calls us to love. Thomas Jefferson is recognized as the author of the idea, politics and religion should not be permitted to enter the conversation or the table. There were two things you could not talk about at a dining room table. When I was a girl, they were not spoken about. That was religion and politics. You didn't say, hey, what church do you go to? Oh, I don't believe in that way. Because there was, why is that? Because these are values. We've just been through the anger series. These are values that are important to us. We feel thwarted if you say, 
I don't like that church. I don't, I didn't vote for him. I think he's a, or we sneer or sarcastic or we roll our eyes. Isn't it amazing that a political election would have the same net effects that the Civil War had when families, sons, and fathers fought against one another for what we believed? There are also physical dangers. Contempt causes us to secret stress, hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, which literally wears us out. When we let this contempt into our bodies, it wears us out physically, literally. Uh, I, I love the research on what laughing does and what anger does to the human body. And, and those who laugh live longer. Now, maybe you don't want to live longer, but the reality is that we live better and more wholesome lives if we allow ourselves to be joyful, happy people. In a difficult discourse, one person is not always completely right and the other completely wrong. Last fall, now that's maybe two falls ago, I think before the pandemic, we took the kindness challenge with Shanti Feldhahn and we practiced kindness. We took a 30-day time where we were practicing some kind of kindness on someone. Well, let me add some other considerations for your choice of learning to love your enemies. Yes, vote for nice. You know, we often hear nice guys finish last. I don't know who said that. The world we live in shows us in movies and stories that nice guys are soft. They don't have a mind of their own. They're not competent in business. They don't get all the piles of money or all the babes. Nice guys... Nice doesn't get you ahead in business. And besides which, girls go for jerks. They go for bad boys. How many times have you seen that in a film? Why do I always like the bad guys? Oh, here I am, I picked another bad guy, right? I want you to vote for nice. I want you to vote for nice. There's a director of movies who did many movies in the early 40s. His name was Frank Capra. And I promise you, you can rent a Frank Capra movie, push the button. I don't care who's in the room. It will not offend anybody. Okay? But there's one that he did that my husband and I particularly love. It's called Harvey. And Harvey is an imaginary six-foot-two puka. And Harvey's friend is the hero of the story. It's played by Jimmy Stewart. And Jimmy Stewart says this wonderful line. He said, you know, my mother told me when I was a young boy that I had a choice. I could be oh so smart or oh so pleasant. And then Stewart smiles very broadly and he said, so I picked oh so pleasant. <laughs> it's endearing, but it's... It's so, there's such truth in it. We pick it. We choose it. Do we want to get ahead? Is making more money, does that matter? Is getting the babe matter more than doing the right things by a woman? Well, I married a nice guy. I married a nice guy. He is loved and honored everywhere we go. 
None of the things I could say that I've just read are about David. And I want you to know that David Otto is a nice guy who is finishing far ahead. We recently, because he had a birthday, I went to the archives of David Otto, which I have several boxes of things, and I pulled out every letter that was written to him on his 70th birthday. And across that letter it says, David W. Otto, a man who lived well. Now he's still alive, but we've been reading two of those letters a night for the last few weeks. Staggering reminders of what people in our world see and saw and loved in nice guy David Otto's. Nice guys finish first. Nice women finish first. You may not get all the things that the world and the media is recommending, but you will finish first. Nelson Mandela, 27 years in a political prison. He left prison and continued to be kind and nice, and he brought about healing and reconciliation in South America. So, I, I don't mean South America, I mean South Africa. So first, vote for nice. Second, smile more. Scientifically, more welcome than a dour, sour-looking face or a frown. It's hard to hate someone who has a smile on your face. The smile actually stimulates a part of the brain with positive emotions. Yep, even when you're just sitting around, put it on. Did you ever have someone say, put on a smile on your face, little lady? Laugh and the world laughs with you. Cry and the world cries with you. Smile more. Live in gratitude. And there is a show that we did when we interviewed Dr. Jane Wilson, who is a professor of literature at Westmont College. And she wrote a fabulous article about living in gratitude. Go back to the archives and listen to it. She challenged all of us. And I took that personal challenge very seriously. Next, find out what you don't love. Now, here's a very helpful way to keep yourself in a good frame of mind, okay? Certain foods we avoid eating, rock music we don't listen to, sci-fi books, I don't read them, pastors, psychiatrists. The things you don't love can become enemies. Well, either learn to love them and appreciate them or stay away from them. Don't make them your first choice. Avoid that restaurant if it's a food you don't like. Instead of going to that restaurant to buck up and be a soldier with your friends and go there and be complaining. Next, love the person, not the activities. Lyrics and lifestyle. Hmm. A very old, now old gentleman who was leading youth ministries at the time, he was telling young people that people who peddled a certain kind of lyric was often peddling a certain kind of lifestyle. And you should be conscious of that. Lyrics and lifestyle. Do they look alike? Are you in a lifestyle that looks a lot like rut living? You know, get in the rut and stay here with me and do it my way. God does not call us to do that. No one is free from sin, said Augustine, and we are, have to be welcome and open to each other and to differences. We are not our identity, 
If you are an unmarried person, that does not make your identity. If you're a divorced person, that does not make your identity. If your parents were difficult, that does not make your identity. Choose the identity that you, the person that you think God wants you to be. And search for a person's story. Is there someone that story you'd like to know? Ask someone about their story. We're going to do a series very soon, and if not before we take a summer break in the fall, on listening, on listening. I have just so many things I want to talk to you about listening. When you want to share a story, your story, you need someone to listen. When you ask someone what is your story, you need to be prepared to listen to however they tell it and how long it will take. Oftentimes, we find out how someone feels about something, and we are suddenly shocked that that person feels differently than you do. Don't be shocked. Don't be upset. It's okay to love someone who thinks very differently than you on a subject or two. Don't forget the two-step, love God, love others. But wait, there's more. Love your enemies. Love is a verb. A, a love is an action. Serve, sacrifice, listen, empathize, be proactive. Make love a verb. I'm asking you to make love a verb with your enemies. Love for someone who is good to you, kind to you, is easy. But loving someone who is not good to you, who is not kind to you, who is always unpleasant, that's more difficult. That's more difficult. Who are your enemies? Thomas Aquinas said, to love is to do the will, the good of others. I say, listen to your heart. Listen to your head with God's word and his strength. Listen to what God is calling you to do. Remember the stories that we've heard over and over, like Corey Tin Boom, who did not want to shake the hand of the man who had been the chief persecutor of her family when they were in the concentration camp. But she heard God's voice saying, lift your hand and shake his hand. And she did. And when she did, she felt a sudden breath come over her that she didn't realize. She had loved her enemy. Maybe she forgave him. Maybe she didn't forgive him. That wasn't the point. I know she did forgive him because the rest of the story tells it. But in that moment, she was just extending to an enemy, the worst enemy, an enemy who had beaten and persecuted to the worst degrees, her father and her sister and herself. Well, I'm very practical, and frankly, I've been on a crazy cycle. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. And I've had to stop myself from that crazy cycle. I'm not going to keep doing what I've always done. Look what you're doing. Pause long enough with me and say, am I loving my enemies as God has called me? Not only to love them, those who despitefully use and persecute them, but to pray for them. God calls us to do this. This is not made up. This is not some fanciful idea that somebody thinks is a good idea and we should all begin to try it. 
This is what God has called us to do as women, men, families, followers of Christ. Love your enemies. Oh, go out and try it today. Try to figure out who do you consider an enemy and ask God to grace you with some activity, some action, some way to demonstrate that love to an enemy. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of loving an enemy.